This is the MLW Radio Network. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy, Blackheart, the head honcho off the top roast podcast. If you love independent and professional wrestling and like all the juicy gossip of the wrestling industry, then look no further than here, OTTR Headquarters. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitch, and Facebook groups, and whatever that you get your podcast from with our, with our latest Last Week of Wrestling, After Darts, Under Boss's Hard Taste, and now our new upcoming trivia game show, Wrestling Area, coming soon. So if you like what you've seen, you love professional wrestling, you love independent wrestling, you love everything about wrestling just yourself, give us a tune. You know, you would not regret it. Blackheart out. Everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. But when it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to ShiningWizards.com where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. Are you tired of prediction shows? Do you want to fantasy book the companies? Does Bigfoot even really exist? If you answered yes to any of those questions, then check out the podcast that isn't a podcast. Every Tuesday and Thursday, the standing streamer stands and delivers as he and Vanessa talk about all that's going on in pro wrestling today. Plus, see in-depth conversations with people in and around the wrestling world as guests share their stories and insights about making it in the business. The Putting You Over Podcast. Putting your weeknights over every Tuesday and Thursday. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening and good night. My name is Thomas and... What's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. For we shared a room. Thought I knew your face. Yeah, we so go we... way back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do. We do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah. Well, what do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books. We're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also, check us out on Twitter at the Broadcast. That's B R O. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Ending. Yeah, it's alright, good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C, we spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. Two Heels and a Face Wrestling Podcast believes wrestling is a buffet. There's something there for everyone. These guys cover local Chicago indie scene, and all of their episodes can be found at twoheelsandaface.com. The number two, heelsandaface.com. Hey everyone, my name is referee Tony S, and this is Heat, the wrestling podcast. Like you first and foremost, I'm a wrestling fan, and for nearly two decades I've maintained law and order inside the squared circle in New England and throughout the country, working with some of the best and brightest from wrestling's past, present, and future. Now, I bring my authoritative tell-it-like-it-is style to the podcast world. Join me each week as we go through all the major headlines from the global companies, independents, and in-between. 
and most importantly, the women will receive the coverage and headlines they truly deserve as they'll empower the second half of the show. Plus, I'll introduce you to my friends and colleagues within all forms of wrestling and entertainment, answer your questions, anything goes, no holds, well, questions barred, and throw in some fun surprises along the way. Get ready for the spark that fuels the flame. Listen on Spotify, Anchor, or wherever you get your podcasts. You know it's all about the Welcome to another episode of the Front Room Material brand brought to you by the MLW Radio Network. Remember, you can catch all of the shows over at MLWRadio.com. You can find all of our shows anywhere fine podcasts are made available. They're absolutely free, so it's not going to hit you in the wallet. Remember, we are so happy the downloads we've already gotten so far in the month of April. Keep it going. If you know a wrestling fan or somebody who just likes to listen to some people banter and have a good time. Maybe you're going to be on a long road trip, a flight. Maybe you're at the gym, something I don't do, but hey, maybe that's what you do. Uh, Definitely go ahead and download, subscribe to our podcast. We're available on Apple iTunes, Spotify, you name it, this, that, whatever. And once again, just a big thank you. All right, with that being said, I'm going to bring my brother from another mother. He is from another country, yet we're on the same continent, and he probably knows better about geography than I do. With that being said, he is the toy man himself. It is Christopher Butt. Butster, how you doing, buddy? Doing well, Mike. How are you, bud? You know what? If I was any better, I'd be 80 pounds lighter and on the beach. But you know what? There's no beach, and uh, this 80 pounds ain't going anywhere. How's Meg? How's the little one? That's little one's doing little one's doing good. Good. Um, so that's kind of what I mentioned before. Like, I am it's kind of sleep deprived at times. Like, I really can't complain. Because, I mean, she birthed the baby, and she has the the injuries um, from the birthing. All I did was hold a leg, and I felt bad because I held a leg, and then she gave birth, and then I asked if I could take a break. So it was kind of like, I probably didn't go over so well. But, no, we're, we're home now. We've already had two doctor's appointments. Things have gone really well. Great kid. And cool. just just very happy. Just uh I was, we were putting her to bed and uh, I was introducing her to some music and uh, we did, let's see, uh, Karma Chameleon, Boy George, I introduced her to that, which is a good song, some Billy Joel, some Elton John, um, who else did I, uh, Linda Ronstadt, I introduced her to Chicago, so we're probably going to go into the Queen uh, era coming up soon, so she's going to be inundated with uh with music especially rock and roll so anyway but in your short answer life life is good i got no complaints how about you uh doing okay uh mama bear's car broke down tonight that's a bit irritating but outside of that things are good it's funny cars are my dad always refers to them as a necessary evil because you gotta have it but yet it's it's such a pain because there's always something that has to be done, like the maintenance, the this, the that. Something's going to break down. Do you guys in, in Canada have um, – do you have to renew your tags on your car every single year, or is that just a USA thing? Uh, we used to. Okay. Uh, we still had to do it, but they don't charge for it anymore in Ontario. Okay. The reason why I say that is because in the state of Ohio, uh, it's 60 bucks. That's it. You're done. But where my in-laws are in the state of Kentucky, it's based upon the Kelly Blue Book 
value of the car. They all have newer cars, so they have to pay a percentage of what the Kelly Blue Book is just to renew their tags every single year. So the, the thought process is have a little bit older of a car, take care of it, because if not, then you're going to be paying out the nose when it comes to that. Yeah, we used to pay what was it seventy five or eighty dollars a year? I think it was what, or something. Yeah, like that. it that's not terrible, but no. some states they'll put the screws to you. As Jerry Lynn says, what are they banging you for? Yeah, that's true. But let's go ahead and let's we got we got another person joining us today. He is also a Canadian. Um, he is good friends with the button. I'm sure by the end of the show, he's gonna be good friends with all of you. Uh well, let me introduce Brandon to the show. Brandon. Tell everybody a little bit about yourself and uh, what kind of kind of got you into wrestling. Yeah, uh, so unfortunately, uh, I am friends with the butt, so <laughs> <laughs> that that brings me to this podcast today. Uh, what, a, what an opening line! I love it. <laughs> as for uh, as for wrestling, uh, well, I'm 28 now, and I I've been watching probably since I was like four or five. Uh, my dad had a box set of 1998 uh, VHSs of the big five WWE pay-per-views. Um, I think I've seen Royal Rumble 1998 probably 100 times. Um, so that's what got it started. Um, he used to let me stay up late on Mondays to catch the first hour of Raw, and then I'd watch the other hour in the morning before before school. Uh, and then it just gravitated from there. Lots of live events with the butt. Um, met a lot of wrestlers with them. Started going to... TV tapings this year, so it's been a it's been a journey. That is awesome. Um, are you partial to any promotion? WWE, Impact, AEW, Ring yeah, of Honor. So, from what I've heard, uh, I heard you're a big AEW guy. I'm a Mark. I am yeah. not. <laughs> um, I I lean more towards WWE. Um, that's what I grew up on. I was a huge Impact TNA guy. Um, AJ Styles is is in my opinion the greatest wrestler of all time uh hard to argue with that he, he's so i good. i grew up a big fanboy of him and impact and then once uh once aj left impact i just fully focused on wwe i catch AEW. i stay aware with what's going on but i can't remember the last time i sat down and watched a full episode of dynamite i can tell you what happened but i i didn't watch most of it sure so are there any other podcasts you, you like to listen to also in the world of wrestling? Yeah. Um, so I used to be big uh, in the Conrad enterprise there. Uh, I've kind of drifted away from there. I've gotten busier with work and stuff. Um, right now it's just kind of, I, I do listen to the Cornette podcast just to kind of keep, I, I like to hear his opinion. I know it's not the favorite opinion, but I do like to kind of keep that in mind too. Uh, so both of his podcasts, uh, dabble my toes kind of in other, other wrestling ones, but no main focus. Nice. It's, it's one of those things where I feel like, and, and I'm guilty of this. I am so into one specific product that I feel like I need to be more open-minded and I try to be, it's, it's just one of those things. I think when you know certain things, it's hard to not unknow them or yeah. unhear them from what you know. And it's kind of like, oh, man, that's kind of not cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as from a product standpoint, under Triple H, WWE has been phenomenal. I mean, there's no no pun intended to your, your AJ <laughs> Styles, but it has been a great, great product. Um, kind of leads me into perfect segue, Brandon, into our very first topic about morale. 
Yeah. (laughs) Butster, you and I have talked about this for years. The morale of a company is its heart and soul. I mean, if you have a good morale, you will have the the boys and girls wanting to go out there and do everything they can. However, when morale is low, it definitely wears on you. And every day seems like a week. Every week seems like a month. Um, Have you heard anything about, before I bring some of this news, about the morale in the WWE locker room now that this big announcement of the sale has gone down? Yeah, I've, uh, I'm pretty on top of it. <laughs> uh, a lot of refreshes on Twitter today, a lot of refreshes on Reddit, um, kind of on top of it. Uh, I have my opinion on it, um, but, but no, I've definitely, I've definitely read into it. Um, I can definitely, I don't think you're going to throw anything at me that I haven't, haven't heard yet or read yet. So, Butster, uh, have you heard any scuttlebutt so far as well about morale? Um, I got a report here from uh, Wrestling Inc. that I want to go ahead and and go over. Uh, David Bixpin uh, went ahead and, and wrote a great piece earlier on today. But have you heard anything and, and kind of what's your thoughts as far as the Vince McMahon? It looks like he's back. He signed a new contract now. So it wasn't just he was visiting John Cena on Raw a few weeks ago. And he's just listening to the creative meetings. He's now an official employee again. Uh, from what you're hearing, people are not overly impressed. There's some rumors of people wanting out of their contracts right now. Um, judging by Raw last night, Vince is back because that was a clusterfuck. That was atrocious. That was a rough show. Um, what I maybe I should speculate. What I mean by and, a rough show, I mean, would you agree? It definitely had his hallmark fingerprints on it. Mm-hmm. For sure, yeah, it's hard to Brandon, what's what's your take? Was there certain things that you noticed that wow, that's clearly a Vince McMahon thing? Um, I think the the big the big thing was uh, they they advertised an hour free or an uh, hour without commercials, uh, and you get you you knew you're getting your Triple H announcement, which to me kind of sounded like maybe a goodbye. Um, but you got your Triple H announcement and then you cut right into the bloodline Cody Rhodes stuff, which was great. I don't think there's any argument there. Uh, the Brock Lesnar involvement was intriguing. Again, I don't think anybody's upset about that. And then you get a video package from WrestleMania and who's the first person you see? Omos coming down to the ring for a solid one minute and 40 something second match. Uh, and then it's over and then you get more promos and hype videos. And I think I read somewhere that the first hour of raw only had that one hour and or one minute and 42 seconds or whatever it was of wrestling. And if that's not Vince, I don't know. I don't know what is. So. Yeah, no, I agree with you completely. Um, this is coming in from David Bixpin. Monday's post-WrestleMania edition of Raw was widely panned by viewers, and it looks like the WWE talent feel the same way. Now, between Vince McMahon being now back in charge, uh, not only on camera, but off camera as well, there are some suggests that he necessarily is not just there to facilitate the decisions that are being made by Triple H. New reports are detailing the specifics of what his new position is going to be. Um, Before I go any further, Brandon, you made a really, really good point here with the Triple H announcement, but I also want you to jump in on this one. It it was very cryptic. At least that's the way I interpreted it. It wasn't – 
I think he, the way he spoke, he spoke as if everyone already kind of knew what was going on instead of kind of like kind of leading into it, if that makes sense. So what was your take? We'll start off with the bud here. But so what was your first take on Triple H's announcement? Did you feel like it was kind of cryptic, like, you know, maybe you were reading into the tea leaves? Or do you think, nah, everything's fine? Uh, like Brandon said, it almost seemed like a goodbye. Like a, I, I don't know. He's, and then he's just kind of in, in a roundabout way saying, see you later, I'm done. They're about to let me go, or, or he's just the price. Still keep him around, keep paying him, but he's not going to be uh, as important, we'll say, as as mainstay of the of the company as what he has been. That was the feeling I got from it. He was just just saying goodbye without saying goodbye. Yeah, no, I agree, Brandon. What was your take on this? Yeah, um. I don't know. I don't know what your work line of work was before or during this, um, but I don't know if you've ever been in a position where they've changed the higher ups and then you get that big raw, raw speech that nothing changes. Everything's going to be the same. And then, you know, two, three months later, Oh, your former boss is now out the door and there's a new person coming in and they're bringing in new staff. And eventually you're out of the way. Um, I don't want to go all doom and gloom um, because I, I don't know if this is going to be a permanent thing where Vince is, you know, there every Monday. They were still in L.A., so maybe it was just, hey, we had this big sale. I'm kicking around because everybody's here. And I think SmackDown's in Portland, I believe, this week. So I think it's big to see, like, does Vince come to Portland? Do you have these big problems there? But I think that's my little bit of copium, if you will. It's just kind of like maybe it was a one-off and it's just because Vince was there and wanted to show his uh, new boss what he can do. And hopefully his new boss realizes it's maybe not that great, but who knows? <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of got a weird feeling when I watched that speech because I really wasn't quite sure what was going to be said or how it was going to be said. Um, and I heard there's a lot of things that were changing on the fly here. So to jump back into the article here, it says changes to the show began after the talent meeting at 6 p.m. on Monday night. Um, obviously, there was a two-hour meeting. There were some late changes that were once again made to the show. And this had not previously happened under Triple H when he was in complete control. Um, it, it's just these little breadcrumbs, right? A little bit of this, a little bit of that, and then all of a sudden you really start to see things uh, a lot clearer. Now, I know that there were some stars who were asking for their releases. Before we kind of talk about that little aspect of it, um, Brandon, what, what would your thoughts be if you are in WWE and you, know, you were under the McMahon regime and then obviously it ended and Triple H was there? And you actually felt like, man, I'm getting like a, a new lease on life on my career. And now it goes back to the way it was before. Would would you still be hopeful that things are going to be okay? Or would you say, hmm, I'm going to have to really rethink this again? Uh, there's definitely some concern. I don't know if I'd be immediately ready to dive off the boat. Um, it, it's tough. It, like As somebody there, like uh, Chad Gable, for example, he might be more let's kind of wait and see because he's had the best and the worst events. Chad's career has been up and down. He's had the best and the worst triple H. Um, my concern was, would be if I'm a, you know, carrying cross, 
a Johnny Gargano, uh, one of those. That would be my biggest concern right now. But I think it's too early to jump ship. I think, you know, give it a couple weeks, give it a couple months, maybe another pay-per-view session um, to really see. Because, again, you know, you have Triple H and Nick Khan telling you the same thing, that nothing's changing, nothing's changing. And I, I read a report, uh, Sean Ross Sapp had mentioned something about how Vince just showed up, you know, just before the show and changed everything just before the show. So does Triple H and Nick Khan, did they know that going in or did they seriously believe like, oh no, nothing's changing. And then Vince just popped in. So does it become a thing where Vince just pops in every now and again, or is this just like a no permanently going forward? This is what Vince is going to do. Uh, but I think overall, I think you got to wait a little bit before you start freaking out. Um, because as like you're an AEW fan, it's not like they have a lot of space uh, in their roster. So I, I don't agree. know if you want to go out there and say, hey, I, I want to leave. Uh, I want to quit. And Tony Khan might not have a place for you. So maybe it's better to wait a month or two and see how it shakes out. No, I think you're right on that one. Um, Butster, you and I have talked about this numerous times. Stephanie left the company and Stephanie came back to the company because it was something that was needed, right? She didn't clearly want to come back, but she did. And she came back and she was there for Triple H and what they were doing seemed great. And then all of a sudden the Vince stuff starts to happen. And then all of a sudden you see Stephanie bow out gracefully. You got to believe there was some tension between her and her father. And now with this being the case, you think she might be in the ear of Triple H to say, you know what, I've, I've been around this man my entire life. You know, he's going to treat you no differently than he treated me. Possibly. I don't think Vince intentionally is trying to sabotage WWE. He's just a little bit out of touch, I think. But times have kind of passed him by and he doesn't quite get the, the newer generation, I think. And, and when I say the newer generation, not even like the really new people, like Brandon's younger than what you and I are, but he doesn't quite get our generation either. It's just He's just a little stuck, and he, he doesn't want to change much. But I don't think he's going to intentionally try to throw Triple H under the bus and, and bury him. I think he's probably going to come back and take over. You know, I think that's a pretty... Uh, pretty obvious that that's a Vince thing. Vince wants to be the guy. He wants full control. Nothing more. Nothing less. And so with him doing that, it is going to handcuff Triple H and everybody else a little bit. And we'll just kind of have to see where it goes. But I don't think Stephanie's necessarily in his ears and for lack of better words, get out. I, yeah. I don't think that's the case. Because don't forget, Triple H, when he was in NXT with him and Sean, Vince was still running the show. Right? And he was doing some pretty good stuff then. Triple H has got a better mind for the business right now. And Vince, right or wrong, he's not an idiot. He knows Triple H has got a better mind for it. I just don't think he can give up control. He still wants to be the guy. And uh, that's what I think is going to inevitably happen. But I don't think Stephanie's trying to get Triple H to leave. Well, just kind of jumping on top of this article, it says, in addition, many staff and talent felt the changes, meaning Vince coming back, were demoralizing. And with the report also noting that it is the biggest hit to morale 
uh, since Vince actually had come back. Um, and this is the second lowest point in morale since post-WrestleMania of 2022, where it was an all-time low. Um, there were some segments that were cut, and Omos and Elias was in a late addition to the Raw show. It says, we were told Omos wasn't catering and wasn't planning on wrestling. Then the late changes happened, and there was a mad scramble to make sure he had some gear. This was once again according to Fightful. An old Vince McMahon rule was always to bring your gear and always stay till the end of the show, largely because he was constantly changing things. A source described as a higher up in WWE told Fightful that SmackDown in Portland, Oregon on Friday will be a big test since Vince hasn't been scheduled to be in the town as he was in LA. Brandon, you had talked about that as well. Um, man, changes, changes, changes. We, You know, we heard about this when, when Vince was fully in charge and it was a little while since that's happened but rewrite upon rewrite and the show would change on, on a moment's notice here that was kind of the vince mcmahon mentality when he wasn't happy with what the writers came up with and now we're starting to see that again um i can see where that could get frustrating because like any employee people like consistency right they like consistency they know what they like to know what to expect and I feel like they got that under Triple H. Um, what's your take, Brandon? I mean, do you think uh, – do you believe everything that's put out there on the internet? and Or do you think, you know what, that's just maybe a small percentage of truly how people feel? Yeah. Um, okay, I'm going to play a little conspiracy here with you. I think there is some truth to it. Absolutely. Um, is Mustafa Ali going to be excited that Vince is back? Probably not. Uh is Randy Orton going to be excited that Vince is back? Probably. Is Cody Rhodes? Remember, Vince brought in Cody. Um, Vince pushed Cody to the moon. He did beat Seth three consecutive pay-per-views. Um, I don't think Cody's going to be overly upset. Um, I just find it, it it's funny, um, and the sale did help the case for this, but it's funny. Um, we, we talk about AEW, and they've had some backstage issues uh, recently, and there's no doubt about that. But I just find that every time there's a little bit of backstage stuff with AEW, very quick Uncle Dave or uh, or Sean Ross Sapp are very quickly to sprinkle in some, well, you know, there's concern in WWE too. And it's almost like it takes away from what's going on with whatever's happening in AEW. And I think that's something that we we should look at is, yes, Vince it was there last night. He did have his hand in it. Um but again, in Sean Ross's Sapp's thing, he said that a lot of the talents weren't upset about the creative changing. They were upset that they felt like they were lied to. Um, that they felt because, you know, Nick and Triple H had said things are going to be the same. They didn't hate the creative. And you say what you will about Vince. He's not the worst at creative, right? Like, he's had success. And to be frank, to be frank, since Triple H took over, what happened to the women? Right? And while Vince was there, you had Becky was the biggest star in the world. She was bigger than any of the male wrestlers. And what's happened to Becky since Triple H has been there? It's been, you know, not the same. Um, True. So, yeah, no, there's definitely something going on back there. I don't know if it's as bad as some of the, sh some of the insiders, some of the sheets are stating. They might be overblowing it a little bit um, because they want it to be matched with what's going on backstage with AEW, which I don't think is fully talked about. Um, but yeah, no, all time will tell, right? Like we could wake up tomorrow and half your roster is fired and 
now next week you guys are having completely different conversations. So it's hard to say. Just kind of jumping on that here um, for everybody who may not be super familiar with what has happened here. So WWE was bought by a company called Endeavor. Okay. And Endeavor, from what I understand, also owns UFC. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to merge UFC and WWE into its own entity, into its own brand, into its own company. And I was told, uh, let's see here, it is supposed to be under the symbol of TKO. Um, now, combined total between the two companies, there's a market value of $21 billion. Jesus. Did you guys happen to catch the interview? I don't know if it was on CNBC or it was on one of the news business you know, segments that Vince was on there and he was talking. And, you know, if you know Vince or you, you've listened to the Conrad podcast, synergy is a big word that Vince likes to use. And he used that word multiple, multiple times when it came to this conglomeration, this bringing of these two major brands together. And it's uh, it's going to be a powerhouse, I believe. I really do. If If things really end up working out, I think UFC and WWE combined could really be a big thing. Brandon, what's your take on on the combination, the final sale of it being Endeavor and creating this WWE UFC branded entity? I mean, do we feel like that might have really been the best combination that they could have found? Well, it's better than Saudi. Uh, Amen. I think we can all agree on that. Um, It's tough because I think the big concern is Endeavor doesn't treat the UFC employee, like the fighters, the best. Um, So you might see that happen to the wrestlers. But on the flip side, you know, Seth Rollins is expected to be wrestling, you know, 200 days out of the year, whereas your top UFC fighters fighting three, maybe four times a year at most. So you'll see the difference there. Um, Who are the two biggest um, biggest sporting brands out there outside of your top, like your NFL, your your uh, baseball stuff like that. WWE and there's UFC. Of course, there's AEW, Impact, Bellator, all of that. But if I came up to a random person and said, "What? Who? What's MMA?" They're gonna say UFC. What's wrestling? They're gonna say WWE. So those two join together, and nothing can stop them. Um, the big concern is, is there going to be too much of interspacing the the talents? Like, are we going to start seeing more UFC fighters pop up um, and taking time away from your wrestlers? Are you going to see a lot more WWE guys sitting ringside with UFC and somehow getting involved there? I think that's what you have to watch out for. But for Vince, he makes out like a bandit because I think Endeavor was the only person or the only company outside of Saudi who were going to keep him around. I think if Disney got it, they were going to can him. I think Comcast was the other rumor. I think they were going to can him. So, I mean, Vince is as terrible of a human being he is. He's got quite the success story, and he always weasels his way out of it. So, uh, if you're him, you're who cares what you and I or, or Buttman over there thinks. He's getting paid, and that's all that matters, right? So... It was interesting because Vince was asked in this interview, and I'm going to try to pull it up here. Um, 
Vince, you are WWE. WWE is Vince McMahon. Like, you are synonymous with each other. Uh, just because he was the one who brought wrestling to its prominence. And he should be congratulated for, for such a great contribution to the industry. So many people's careers and lives have been changed. Uh, but what I will say is this. Are you surprised? Let's go to the butster. Are you surprised that WWE is no longer a McMahon company? I mean, I always felt like until the day Vince died, Vince would be WWE. It would be his. My creation. And now for him to sell the company, I mean, maybe his children didn't want to be part of it. There's a lot of second and third generation companies that don't continue because the kids, they just don't want to do what mom and dad used to do. Right. And therefore, what are your options at this point? Vince is getting older. Who is he going to leave it to? But do you think it was ever a case of he really wanted to leave it? Or was he going to say, I started it. I'm going to be the one who determines what happens to it at the end. No, I'm sure he would have wanted to leave it to Shane and or Stephanie. I mean, Shane doesn't want it. Shane has nothing to do with WWE. He makes a cameo appearance once or twice a year, you know, does a couple high spots, goes corner to corner, then leaves. Stephanie left for a reason. She only came back because Vince got himself in trouble paying off the hookers. So that's why she came back. Vince came back. She left again. So and I don't think it's anything that they dislike WWE. It's just, that's all they know. And I'm sure they want to to expand in their horizons. Um, Shane's got a movie studio or something, does he not? Or he did at one time. I'd have to, uh, I'd have to look at what he's currently dabbling in. I'm not sure what Stephanie does, but they don't need to do nothing. They're both loaded. So just do nothing. Stay at home and count your money. They don't I'm, need to do anything. Right, but I just think it was a matter of they weren't overly interested in it. Maybe didn't necessarily want the headaches of dealing with what Vince has created, both good and bad. Sure. Because he's done a lot of great, but he's might not be the most upstanding citizen. He's he's done some questionable things. And they just don't want it. They've they've lived their life in it, ready to move on from it. I'm sure they got paid out very well when it sold. I'm sure they got a chunk, right? And they're just moving on. So Vince figured, well, if they don't want it, you know, I'll get paid, get a stupid amount of cash because he needs more money. And that's that. And now it's UFC's issue for all the nonsense going on. And they go from there. And let's be honest, it kind of fits in because Dana White's not the greatest individual either. So I, I'm not going to go disagree with you there. Part and parcel there. Yes, birds of a feather. Um, I am glad you brought up Shane McMahon also. A nice transition here. Uh, Shane made a surprising return to WWE, um, and he stunned fans around the world by showing up at WrestleMania night two on Sunday night. Unfortunately, his unexpected appearance didn't end up going exactly as planned. It was unexpectedly cut short to an in-ring accident during his segment with The Miz and Snoop Dogg. Um, he ended up tearing his quad. That is what was being reported. So I guess my big surprise here, Brandon, let me let me ask you this. I thought that Shane and Vince had a really big falling out. It was reported or we at least we were led to believe that Vince said, 
pack your grip and get out um, because of his issues he was having with Shane uh, with the Royal Rumble a couple of years ago. That's what we were led to believe. There was a big kerfluffle, and Vince basically said, you know, hit the bricks. Now, all of a sudden, Shane's back again. I, I just wonder if this was in some way, shape, or form, hey, this is Dad's last big WrestleMania <coughs> owning the company. I want to go ahead, and I want to be here one more time. What do you, how do you make out basically from what you've heard in, in your own thoughts of what would have brought Shane McMahon back after the falling out, the, I don't want to say exiled from the company, but I mean, he, he was, you know, he was gone to now coming back. Uh, you know who wouldn't torn his quad? LA Knight. That's who should have been there. But regardless, um, <laughs> Amen. Good take. <laughs> in my opinion, uh, yes, I do think this is the last. Uh, WrestleMania Vince is going to have his hands on. Um, I don't see him making it to next WrestleMania in in a creative role, whether it's they take him out, not kill him, but <laughs> they uh, endeavor remove him, <laughs> um, whether it's he gets fed up because he now has to answer to a boss and he gets fed up and he's he quits or leaves or whatever he does. Um so, yes, I do think this is the last kick of the can. Um, Vince's big thing is he's he's always – he doesn't matter about you – his relationship with you personally as long as he thinks he can make money somewhere. So I don't know if in this aspect he looked at Shane as a son. He just looked at him as a wrestler on the card. And if he felt that there was some money somewhere, who, who knows? Maybe if Shane didn't tear his quad, he would have had a mini feud up until Puerto Rico at Backlash or – the Saudi show or something like that. And if Vince thought there was money there, he's going to bring him back. He brought back warrior him and Brett were able to work it out. It's, it's not uncommon to see that happen. Punk's the only one that hasn't come back yet. Um, so I, I think it's like a, Hey, I thought I could make some money off you. It's probably my last WrestleMania come hang out. And that's what it was. Um, whatever happened at Royal rumble last year between the two of them. I mean, there's still, father and son they probably still celebrate holidays together shane's got or children so grandkids want to go see grandpa so i'm sure they they figured it out um it is what it is butster what's your take i mean were you surprised when shane O'Mac uh came back out i mean i agree with brandon i feel like this was almost one of those hey this is the last family's wrestlemania and i want to go out and i want to make one more appearance before the company is officially sold um, or do you think maybe not? This was kind of all in the making that they were going to do a, a special little segment here and he was going to be involved. What was your take on that? No, this is going to be a one-off. Uh, I don't think this was going to be worked into a storyline. Shane has no interest in doing storylines anymore. Uh, I wasn't. I was happy when he came out. I think anybody that really watches it would have been happy to see Shane O'Mac come out. We all pop for it. Right, you know he's going to do something just ridiculous. You know he's going to go coast to coast, or he's going to go off the top rope through a table, or something. It's always interesting. It's always fun. You know it's going to be a, a five minute spot fest, which I'm a okay with. So I think everybody was excited about it, and everybody would have been surprised. Nobody's seen this coming. Anybody that's seen this coming is full of crap. There's just there's no way there's there's no way you could predict it. Everybody knows what happened, like you said, at Royal Rumble. That ended on bad terms. You haven't heard boo about Shane O'Mac since. So who would expect him to come back at WrestleMania? 
right? That was a surprise for everybody. I just wish it, you know, wish he hadn't blown out his thigh. It's unfortunate. We'd like to see, you know, something, something better than that. Snoop Dogg looked like a million bucks, though. The yeah. world's worst people elbow. But he, <laughs> but he did salvage that segment, though. It's funny. There's certain celebrities you look at and you're like, you haven't aged ever. And he's one of those guys who just looks, he always evolves, he changes, but he always continues to be fresh and innovative. And despite what anybody may think of him from a personal standpoint, he's been successful beyond expectations. I mean, he's culturally relevant. He's always around. Um, he has a huge brand name to him. And I think it was just, it was cool to see Snoop. It really, really was. And once again, he definitely makes things better and, yeah, it was a it's an unfortunate situation that uh, Shane had to had to blow his quad out. But I think it's a it almost feels like it's a family thing. Everyone blows their quads out. Vince blew both out. Triple H blew one out. I'm I don't know if Stephanie ever had a blowout of a quad. Maybe Linda has. I'm not even really quite sure. But um, I just feel like it's it's really interesting how that seems to be the injury. Is anybody Brandon? Do you like? Do you know anything about like injuries or quads or exercising? Like, is that like a typical thing that people like? If you're gonna blow something out, you're gonna blow a quad. Uh, you know what? I wish my my girlfriend actually studies this. I wish she was here. She could have told you. Um, Got to get her on the show. That's book that shit. <laughs> Next time, butt man, let me know. She can come in and do your sports injury portion. Um, I I don't know. I've always I like watching basketball. It was always the Achilles or football. It's always the the uh the acl mcl combination whatever it is I, I mean maybe it's just a mcmahon thing um and triple h did his quads and he's married into the family so maybe i don't know how many other wrestlers outside of mcmahon's and triple h have torn quads so maybe it's just a partial to them i don't know yeah i think it's interesting to to know that that seems to be a very unique injury type of deal um especially when it comes to the to the family here. Um, I do want to kind of do some some recaps of, of WrestleMania because I want to get your opinions on it. And if we're going to give it, um, as far as Uncle Dave, if we're going to give it uh, five stars, four stars, three stars, two, one, zero, let's kind of go down this right here. Um, starting off with night one, Austin Theory, John Cena. Um, first of all, but I'm going to ask you this question. A, B, C, D, or F is what's your take on that match itself? I'd give it a B. I liked it. It was, it was a good match, right? They, they put off a good show. Uh, I would like to see Cena win. We all knew it wasn't going to happen, but I still wanted to see it. It was a good show. I enjoyed it. I'd give it a solid B. Great way to start off the show. Good. Brandon, what was your take on this opening match with Cena and uh, Austin Theory? I wasn't as favorable. Uh, probably a C. Um only on the aspect of John's focus isn't wrestling right now. Um, his focus is he was just announced he's in the new Barbie movie that's coming out. I saw that today. Um, he's got a role in that, but obviously his his focus is on Hollywood. And I bet you he has you know six or seven agents back there saying, "Hey, John, be careful." Uh, to me, it was just a very John paint by numbers. John's going through the motions. Um, the only thing that I'm kind of shocked, I, I thought he would hit the attitude adjustment, you know, at some, whether it was at the end of the match or something, like he didn't hit it. That in my memory, I know there was the the ref bump off of it, but that that's the only thing. Um, 
to me, it was just, it got Austin Theory over, which was needed, especially after uh, John emasculated him in that promo. Um, so it got Theory over. That's what mattered. It was not the highlight of the, the WrestleMania. It was. It is what it is. Uh, I'm shocked that Butt is more positive about something than I am. But, hey, I'll take it. <laughs> Why did I invite um, you? What went through my mind? Intelligence for once. Oh, <laughs> I'm gonna. Oh, it's already started. Folks. Well, it's a, this is a one shot deal. We know that. Oh my god. I I will. Uh, Brandon, I will agree with you. I'm gonna give this one. I I really hate to do this, but I'm gonna give it a C. And the reason why I'm gonna give it a C is because kind of what you said before. As I was watching that match, it very much felt like don't do anything crazy, don't get hurt. It didn't seem like it had that intensity that you would normally find in a John Cena match. And I felt like he was trying to be safe or they were trying to be safe as in the uh, reference to WWE. I think the goal, no matter what was happening, is he's going to get the rub, meaning Austin Theory is getting the rub from John Cena just by being in the ring, just by being WrestleMania. And I think Austin Theory looked good. I think he's a great young talent and I think he's got a huge upside. But I think it was just, hey, let's get John in here. He is serviceable at this point in time. Let's let's do this. And I hate to say this, man, because I'm going to sound like a huge dick, but the bald spot. Listen, I'm not one to talk about hairlines. You're bald. Is it just me or is that just really, really obvious? Like when he had like the crew cut and all that, you really couldn't tell. You could really tell. Or am I being a huge dick? Brandon, be, be honest here. Listen, uh, John Cena makes more money than the three of us combined times like a hundred. Um, yes. If you're in that position where you're expected to be on TV, uh, you probably should try to take care of yourself. I mean, who are we to say, though? I mean, look at us. <laughs> we really shouldn't say anything. But if he's on TV, you think maybe he would try to take care of the hair. But, hey, if he, he likes it and he owns it, then all the power to him. Again, we can't really say anything about it. So. Butster, I know you want to jump in on this. What, what what's your take? I, and like I said, I'm not trying to be that guy, but I'm I'm just saying it's like when he came back when his hair was parted and it was you know different, and I was like, eh, okay, okay, and then I was like, whoa, because if you guys remember, um, the big thing Vince said for years was get different angles with Hogan so he didn't look that bald. If you remember that, it was on one of the Conrad podcasts. They were saying shoot him from this angle or do from this angle to stay away from all that. And it was definitely clear uh, in, in present day, but uh, Butster, what's your, what's your take on uh, John Cena and um, needing to refer to Cy Sperling from uh, was it WrestleMania 10 from, uh, from Madison square garden. What's your thoughts? He's getting a bit older. His hair's getting a little bit thinner. You're bald. You got a five head. I'm not bald. Hey, look, 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 bald. look, look, the forehead, the forehead continues to grow. I'm not lying. I'm not, uh, but up. Uh, yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. He's, the, cool. the, he's the, getting a little bit thinner. The he only young person here is, is Brandon and he's, 50. he's he, Brandon's 28. I am. Uh, yep. Brandon. I am 40, but is 47. And I think, uh, you're that old already. <laughs> no, I'm not that old. He just looks 47. Okay, moving on from that opening match, but gives it a B. Um, Brandon, what was your letter grade? Were you a C as well? A C, yeah. Passable. Passable. Just like Freeland's cup Um, size. This is... Jesus. Did you say cup size or cock size? 
cup size. Oh, you're being very nice to me. I'm at least a D. Um, I'm not going in order here, so let's kind of let's see here. Let's next go to let's see. Let's go to um, Braun Strowman and Ricochet versus the Street Profits versus Alpha Academy versus the Viking Raiders. This was known as a special four-team showcase match. Um, we'll start off with the butt this time. Butster, what was your take on this, and what's the over-under on how much you're going to drool over uh, Otis? Exactly. It was an A-plus because Otis was in it. Nothing else matters. Move on. Let's go. <laughs> Let's move on to a, a, a more polished uh, expertise voice here. Brandon, what was your take on this? And why is it that your dear friend here has such a, a, an affinity for Otis? Have you ever figured that out? You don't like Otis? Otis is fantastic. I don't. I didn't say I didn't like Otis. I just the, – the butster is is almost like – there's almost like I wish he was a relative. Like he really is infatuated <laughs> with him. Um. I would like to point out, it's not going to be Otis much longer. It will be Otis, so get ready to say that. Um, Otis. I I don't know how anybody couldn't enjoy this match. This was It was a B plus. Um, Montez Ford is a star. Um, I'm begging and I'm waiting for the – he needs to turn heel, put him in a suit, make him a dick, have him pair up with Bianca, the heel power couple. Amazing. Love it. Uh, but, no, he's a star. Um, Angelo Dawkins, you know, a lot of people would talk about being the Janetti of the tag team. I think Dawkins is building a spot where he'll be credible. I don't think he'll be as forgotten as people think that, uh, that pounce that he hit on Braun Strowman as he ran around the ring might've been the highlight of WrestleMania. It was beautifully done. Uh, Ricochet is obviously Ricochet. He's the most fluid wrestler in, in WWE. Um, he just makes everything look fantastic and easy, but no, the match was, was incredible going into it. I thought, you know what, it's, it's not going to be great or it's going to be too much of a cluster. Uh, but I, I can't complain. The only thing I wish is that it was an officially, uh, a number one contenders match or something like that. I know, uh, raw last night profits got a match with, with the new champs. Um, but no, I, I don't, there's no complaints A B plus that was, it was great. Yeah, I'm I'm agreeing with you on that one. I, I give it a solid B. Um, it was a good match, and I think it showcased and highlighted the talents of those teams who ordinarily probably wouldn't necessarily all have made, I think, a WrestleMania card. But putting them together, I think it really worked out well. I think there was a lot of chemistry between them. I think they all get along really well, too. And that's something that you can tell when people, there's a lot of fluidity with it. So great match. I agree. It was really spot on uh butster what's your take on this uh the, the match itself take otis out of the situation no what seriously was it was a match? b it, it was a good match it, it really was um i like the raiders i think they're fantastic they're, they're very good I, I wish they got a little more of a push i don't know why they don't seem to ever get over they're excellent in the ring like brandon said ricochet is fantastic amen uh montez he's he's gonna be special like he's going to be a superstar straight up. He's amazing. Uh, no, the, the whole match was good. There, there was no, nobody could have watched that and thought, nah, it's not that great. It, it was a solid B, top to bottom. I like it. Let's go to another match, which I did not have 
very high expectations. And I'm going to kind of set the table with, with that statement. Uh, Dominic versus Ray um, didn't have a whole lot of expectations. I am not necessarily from an in-ring standpoint fan of Dominic. Um, I've watched all of his work. I feel like there is a heavy level of, of nepotism uh, of why he is where he is. And I'm not sure if he got any heat, you know, when he shot straight through and, and is a WrestleMania uh, card guy this early on in his career, obviously his father being uh, a hall of famer recently got inducted. I didn't have a whole lot, but I think what they did well about this match, they built it around majority of it was the story. It was the story. It was the emotion, not necessarily the in-ring ability of Dominic Mysterio. Um, Butster, I'm going to start with you. What's your take on this? Like, I know you and I had talked about for months how we weren't a big fan of Dom in the ring. He was just not, it wasn't coming across really well. And I think they put him in uh, Judgment Day to kind of help bring him along. And I think it's worked. Do you now see, what do you think is your takeaway after seeing him and Ray in the match? The exact same thing. Doesn't do much for me. He's... He's okay. Nothing more, nothing less. He's okay. Uh, do I care to watch him? No, not really. Uh, that match didn't do a lot for me. Uh, I enjoy Rey Mysterio, but he's getting a little bit older. He's lost He's lost a bit of a step. Not to take anything away from him. Still fantastic talent, has amazing careers in the Hall of Fame for a reason. Right? The match didn't do much for me. Probably the thing I like the most about it is the LWO. Uh, resurgence. That's probably the thing I'm most happy about the whole thing. Uh, the match to me, uh, C. Maybe a C minus. Let's go over to Brandon. Brandon, father versus son. Always very interesting dichotomies when it comes to these matches. Um, what did you think about the match? Did it live up to your expectations? And what was your final analysis on it? Yeah, I don't know about you guys, but I've always wanted to hit my dad, so worked out great. <laughs> great for me. You uh, need counseling. <laughs> but no, uh, here's going to be our first disagreement. I think Dominic is fantastic. Um, I remember, you know, he, obviously, yes, the start, uh, when he first came up, he had that uh, good to decent match with uh, Seth Rollins. That was his first match at, I think it was SummerSlam the one year when Ray lost his eyeball that's now grown back. Um <laughs> Miraculous how those things happen. I, I just... You know, medical sciences these days. Uh, but no, I, I know when he first started, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't great. Um you you could tell that he could do the moves, most of them, but didn't know why he was doing the moves. And he was getting a lot of comparisons with Hook because when Hook came in in AEW, he was the way the AEW booked Hook was fantastic kept him on tv for a year in the background you never he never did anything he had the chips whatever it was um so that comparison was made a year ago if you asked me who was going to be the bigger star between the two of them hands down would have said hook you asked me today dominic is head and shoulders above hook character aspect um because hook doesn't have a character he comes out he suplexes somebody he's taz but at least taz got to speak from time to time um and that could change. You asked me a year from now, maybe it's the other way around, right? The ex-con Dom thing outside of the bloodline is the best thing on WWE TV this past, since Triple H took over. The skits with, with Mommy, 
uh, going to Ray's house uh, yeah. where, where he got arrested have all been fantastic. They did a skit where Dom couldn't afford to pay the bill at a restaurant and Rhea had to take the bill. It was great. Um, the lead up to the story where, where Ray's, we've seen it before with Kane and Undertaker. Undertaker wouldn't fight his brother. Something had to happen to get it to hap- to fight. We've seen it before. Um, but it was a unique spin because it was father-son. Um, Ray finally snapping because he disrespected his mother was great. The match itself was great. That You see that bump where uh, Dom lost his balance a little bit and threw Ray into the turnbuckle. It was like a front flip, and Ray went face first in the bottom turnbuckle. That was nuts. Um, the match was great. The only downside to it is, to me, that's a personal, almost blood-esque feud. And you've got the Cinnamon Toast Crunch mascot. <laughs> it looked like it was a New Day match. Um, rainbows and, and all this wonderful stuff. But <laughs> that was the only downside to it. But I, I thought it was great. Uh, Bad Bunny's getting involved, obviously, because you know Puerto Rico yep. backlash. He will wrestle there. Like, that's a given. Um, I thought it was great. Character work match-wise, that's like an A- minus for me. It, was, it, it wasn't the best match of the night. Uh but it was number three, I, and I'm I'm confident saying it's number three. It was wow. it was great. That's a that's very high praise. I mean, that's you. But you outlined a lot of great points. I mean, I don't think a lot of listeners are going to disagree with that. Now that you look at it, and like you said, the character development. How did they tell the story? The different skits and the fact that you know it, it, he sat under the learning tree too with his father. But it just makes people like the button. I feel really old because we remember on SmackDown. When it was the Dom versus Eddie for custody of Dominic in a ladder match. And it's like, all I can think of is that little tiny kid. And now I look at him now and he's, you know, this grown man, tattoos, facial hair. He's engaged or married. I have no idea. One of the two. And it's like, where the hell did time go? But do you, but do you often feel that way sometimes all kidding aside, like what the hell happened here? Fairly often. You know, I'm the oldest of the three of us. Yeah. It happens. I mean, being fifty-seven is 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 not. It's not old though. Don't feel bad. Don't feel bad. Do you guys have ARP in Canada? AARP. Noof's on it. So, I'm not on AARP. I don't even know what the hell it is. What's AARP? It's a retirement thing. It's a club or a membership you can be a part of where you like get special discounts at restaurants and they help you out of your chair and. Um, all, all the, like day old Danish at bakeries, you get like 50% off. And well, it's actually like, not allowed to be in clubs, so maybe maybe he's not a part of it. Oh, <laughs> what clubs am I not allowed in? <laughs> well, there's a long list. Well, Real there's quick, been a though, couple. <laughs> you guys talk about feeling old with Dominic. You guys were probably old enough to realize it was a storyline. 11 year old Brandon thought that Dominic was legitimately going to become Eddie's son. I was, I was in like fully invested i thought you know what he's gonna go but wow <laughs> so it, so we all had a different perspective from the original story so it comes all full circle and and when he came out to you you, you lie you cheat you steal with uh, the low rider i thought that was cool as well you know a, a shout out to eddie guerrero um vicky on social media stated that she wished she could have been a part of the storyline uh we'll, we'll talk about vicky a little bit later but um it's, it's a shame that she wasn't able to be a part of this because I think from a standpoint, I think she would have really been good as far as just sprinkling her in to uh, accent the storyline. Um, so you give it an A. 
I mean, I'm going to give it a B minus, and it looks like the butt gives it what? What do you give this match, butt? C minus. I didn't C like it. C minus. All right, let's go ahead and let's move on here. Um, in what I'd like to refer to as a nostalgia type of match, Becky Lynch, Trish, Lita versus Damage Control. Uh, first of all, Damage Control looks like a bunch of eight-year-old, or eight-year-old, eighth-grade teenage girls. I'm sorry. It's just not what I would associate with, like, wow, these are like a dominant faction. Um, it was an interesting match. I don't think it necessarily was something that many people are going to really remember or look back on fondly. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, I give this match a C at best. Um, it was one of those attraction matches. So we'll start off with Brandon. Brandon, what was your what was your take on this? Was this just really a, hey, let's do a callback to, you know, the days when things were really hot in the uh, Attitude Era? Or do you think, no, this really has some legs in 2023? Um, yeah, I, I'm right there with you with the C. Um, Triple H is kind of done damage control dirty. Um, they had potential. EO Sky is fantastic. Yes. Uh, Dakota Kai is also great. And then there's not enough good things you can say about Bailey. Um, but Bianca steamrolled them. They've lost all credibility. Bianca kicked the shit out of them, all three of them, over and over and over again. Um, so going into that match, you knew that the only way they were going to win is if there was some tomfoolery from the other side. Maybe Trish, you know, maybe she's a little jealous. He starts a feud with Becky or something leading up. That was the only way. Uh Trish looked fantastic, um, both appearance-wise and in the ring. Um, Becky's Becky. Uh, I don't think Lita needs to come back anymore. Um, and, I, and I loved Lita, uh, but she she's she almost looks as bad as Vince did against Pat last year. Uh, she moves slow. Uh, I, every time that she does anything, I'm worried that her or somebody else is going to get hurt. Um so, no, to me, it was just a C. Um, you got Becky on the card. Becky probably should have had a better spot on the card. But you got mm-hmm. Becky on the card. You got Bailey on the card. Your fans will be happy to see Trish and Lita. But, yeah, it, it was a nothing match to me, a nothing burger. I just think it's a it's a shame because, like we said before, damage control, they just don't come across as a dominant faction because they've all gotten beat so much. It's like you you've really stripped them of what makes them special. And... Once you do that, it doesn't really seem like they're much of anything but a group of catty girls at this point. Uh, Butster, let me get your take on this one here. You're a big fan of the Attitude Era. I definitely know that. Were you uh, were you happy to see Lita and Trish? And I was happy to see it, of course. I think everybody was. Uh, but, yeah, like Brandon said, the, the match overall, it, it was a C. It was fun. It had the nostalgia to it. That's about it. I was honestly watching, waiting for a wardrobe malfunction with Trish. I was waiting for it any second. Unfortunately, it didn't happen. Trish, get on your knees and bark like a dog. I mean, first of all, when when we think of Trish Stratus, bark like a dog and take off your top Trish, all these things that Vince did in the ring during the Attitude Era. Like if you were to go back on the network or Peacock or wherever, and I don't know if they've edited some of these things out, Brandon. And you probably it was super sketch. Like as we're all adults here, like looking at that, you're like, whoa, that is an episode of Law and Order SVU. Like that is literally what we're talking about here. I'm waiting for 
Benson to walk out and be like, dung, dung. But <laughs> what, what, what's your, what's your thoughts on some of these matches that get thrown on to WrestleMania? Do you feel like sometimes they're just fillers or just to get to people on the card? Because was this match really necessary? Uh, you need Becky on the card. Becky's got to be on the card. Um, she she was like I said earlier today. Becky was the biggest star in wrestling, male or female. So she absolutely needed to be on the card. It sucks that it was in this this way because she should be in a bigger position. But yeah, no, you're you're always going to see these in pay per views. Every pay per view of every company has some kind of throwaway match. To maybe this was the bathroom break of the night. When you really think about it, everything was high octane, and then you kind of had this one. And when is somebody going to go pee? And it unfortunately, it was during Becky's match. Well, yeah. I don't think this was the worst match of of that night. But would you would you have gone to the concession stand? But if you this match was happening, is the question? Would you? Probably not. Interesting. I think I, I would have. I would have looked for the Johnny Kamad. I wonder what those prices were at SoFi Stadium. I wonder what those prices for, uh, you know, a Coke or a Pepsi or popcorn or it's had to been just ridiculous. It's it's always foolish when you go to go to a live event. What was it when you went to um, AEW in Cincinnati? That it was a pretty penny. It was. It was. Um, As far as drinks, I want to say like if you got a large Coke. It was probably like seven bucks. What? Yeah, I know the um, last hockey game I went to a, a beer was seventeen dollars. That's insane, right? That's insane. So, yeah. But they have a captive audience. They know that you, where are you going to go? This is the only place to get it. So you hand over your credit card. Yep. Um, let's go ahead and let's talk about a match that I thought uh, was good. Um, and a match that I was surprised in the outcome. Um, social media superstar Logan Paul, who has definitely created a brand and a name for himself over the years, and somebody who was one of the most followed people on all forms of social media. There's a lot of things you may say about him um, and his brother, but the one thing you definitely can say is they are marketable and they are definitely relevant. Uh, he was going up against Seth Rollins in a match that had been built up since Elimination Chamber, and I thought that was really interesting the way this all happened. Um, even you know, before that, if you want to even go before that, the seeds were being planted. I like the match because I like Seth Rollins, but I will say Logan Paul can go. Logan Paul is is much better than I think a lot of people give him credit for. And I think he had a really good match against Roman Reigns. And I think he really did well here. Uh, but we'll start off with you. What was your take on Seth Rollins and Logan Paul? It was fantastic. Seth Rollins can make a, a match with anybody, first or last. But Logan Paul looked great. Like he can wrestle. Right? And the entrance was a little uh, little HBK-like, which, was a, which is nice, too. Oh. Comes in on the, the yes. easy there, Freeland. Easy, take you it like easy. That? Right when he comes in on the zip line, that was a lot of fun. Uh, the what's the guy's name? KSI, whatever the drink guy that got frog splashed through the table. Yeah, that was entertaining. Overall, the match was good. I'd say, I'd say a B to me. It was it was a B match. There was no real bad parts to it, but it had some great action. Right on through. I enjoyed it. 
Brandon, your take on this? I mean, Logan Paul, Triple H has even commented on him that he's dedicated himself to his craft. And, you know, a lot of people are, are very leery in the wrestling industry of outsiders coming in and having matches. They were very leery of Pat McAfee coming in, but he really trained hard when it came to that match with Adam Cole back in NXT. Logan Paul comes in and he really surprises a lot of people. Uh, some say his his buckshot lariat's better than Hangman Adam Page. I would vehemently disagree. Um, but what was your take on Logan Paul's performance in this, and how well would you say that Seth Rollins played into his strengths and really tried to minimize his weaknesses? Yeah, uh, Logan Paul transcends uh, celebrity involvement. To me, he is a wrestler. Um, he Triple H in the in the press conference after WrestleMania. Uh, made the comment about, oh, like, are there wrestlers that are on the card that feel like Logan stole their spot? And he basically said, if Logan come, can come in as an outsider and perform at this high level, maybe the wrestlers in the back don't deserve that spot or shouldn't have it as much as they think they should. And I agree. Uh, say what you will about uh, who he is as a person. Um, he's not great from what I've read and and watched. Um but what you can't deny about him is that anytime he puts his mind to something, it gets 100%. Uh, the boxing stuff, the brother, his brother with the boxing, this, the wrestling. Logan Paul last night or last weekend was probably the second or third best wrestler on the card. Just, he, he just, he gets it. Um, and Seth was there to, to keep him in line because Logan's still green. He, not necessarily green with the moves, but maybe not putting a match together. So Seth, you know, slowed him down and got him in positions. And Seth, Seth plays his, his role great. Um, but no, the match was great. And Logan Paul does do the buckshot lariat better than Hangman. Um, sorry, man. <laughs> I hate to break it to you. Um, we're, 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 we're starting off so good in this relationship. And, <laughs> and you know what? It's just a bump in the road. We'll continue with these segments. We'll see what happens. Um, overall, it doesn't get better. I've known him for years. It will not get better. What do you What do you give the match as as a uh, score on the old report card? Uh it's it's in the A range. Um, wow. In my opinion, uh, it wasn't as high as the Mysterio match, um, but I think the Mysterio match just had the the better story of the two. Um, athletically, the match, the Logan Paul match, was probably better but the Mysterio match was the better package. Um, so, yeah, it's in the A range. Uh, it'd be just under them for my favorite match of the night, for sure. Let's go ahead and let's talk about a match that a lot of people feel like they already knew what the outcome was going to be. Um, Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair. And let me kind of throw this here um, before we start. I feel like Charlotte Flair has kind of... I don't want to say backed yourself into a situation. Maybe it's the booking that's been the way this has been. But I feel like there's a collective belief system that it's like, oh, it's Charlotte Flair again. Oh, she's the champion again. Oh, they're pushing her to be the champion. Charlotte Flair is very talented. Do not get me wrong. And she has deserved uh, all of her championships and her accolades for the most part. I just get to the point where I feel like fans are a little tired, a little worn out of Charlotte Flair because it's the same old shtick. And I feel like she's kind of falling into that category, maybe of her father. Um, Rhea Ripley, obviously great talent. 
She's getting an opportunity now to run with the championship. I think Rhea looked really good. I think she really shined in this match. But I'm going to go to you first. What was your take on this match? And am I full of hooey uh, with Charlotte Flair starting to become very um, mechanical when it comes to the, what she does and as far as people not being as invested in her? Or do you think, you know what? She's kind of done that to herself, and it is time for Rhea Ripley to be the queen of SmackDown. Definitely Rhea's time. This is this is overdue. Uh, the match was good. Uh, I enjoyed it. Um, with Charlotte, we're all tired. Let's be honest. Everybody's tired of it now. Not that she's not good. She's fantastic. But we're all just tired of it. It's, uh, it's always seems to be her running the show. And even when she lost to Rhea, they still were panning in on Charlotte sitting on the floor by the side of the ring. That was maybe a little bit of a disservice to Rhea Ripley. Here Rhea's finally getting her championship, her big moment at WrestleMania. Why do you need to be panning in on, on Charlotte? She's she's had her time to shine, and she's very good, and this is not to take anything away from her. But I, I think that was a disservice to Rhea Ripley there. Uh, overall, the match was good. Nothing fantastic. It was good. I, I'd maybe go with a C, personally. I'm happy to see Rhea with the belt. Hope she holds on to her for a while. Gives us some, some new life in the in the title picture. That's about that. I like it. Uh, Brandon, what is what is your take here? It's a, definitely a clash of styles. It's a, it's a clash of appearance. It's a clash of uh, just... This difference. So you have this real pristine queen, and then you have the darker gothic, if I can use that phrase, uh, style when it comes to Rhea Ripley. They both have different types of audiences that support each one of them. So there's that dichotomy right there, which really makes it interesting from an optical standpoint. What was your take on the match? And do you feel like your thoughts on Charlotte Flair have changed from what they might have been originally? And where do we really see Charlotte going, and where do we see Rhea going? Uh, yeah, this was match of the, the weekend. Uh, this was the best match on the card. Um, wow. Charlotte, to me, she she reminds me of Randy Orton in the 20 teens. Um, Charlotte has to be motivated, or you're just gonna get you know going through the motions. When Charlotte is motivated, when she's wrestling, you know Sasha or or sorry Mercedes. Uh, when she was wrestling um, Becky, those are her best matches because she needs somebody that motivates her, and Rhea brought it to her this weekend. Um, the, the story going into the paper or into the match sucked. Um, I, I can't pretend and say it was good. You no, know, it was terrible. But the actual match, match of the weekend, um, Charlotte played her role really, really well. And even though I going into the pay per view was all but convinced that Rhea was going to win. There were some near falls where I was like, oh, no, Charlotte's got it. Um, and I think that's good. I think it's good that you you feel that way about certain, certain superstars because then when they do lose, it's a bigger shock and you're happier about it. But, no, best match of the uh, the weekend. Um, there, I saw something today that Charlotte's taking some time off, so she'll be off TV for a little bit. Um, Rhea, you know, Going to go to SmackDown. They're in Puerto Rico, so maybe there's a small feud against Selena or something at Backlash, and then you move on from there. But yeah, Rhea's going to hold the belt for a while. Uh, there's no question there. 
what would you uh, what would you say as far as Charlotte? You, you said earlier she needs to be motivated by something. Do you find that there's anybody currently on the roster that you would like to see her get involved with that could motivate her to have those Becky X style matches? Uh, looking at the looking at the main roster, the only person would be Bianca. I think uh, you could. I think she could do something good with Bailey, but the problem is Charlotte is not a good face. Uh, you don't want to do a heel versus heel. Bailey as as I think Bailey's a better wrestler as a heel than she is as a face, even though the character is better as a face. Um, but no, I think Bianca's really the only person on the main roster that you would get that one more epic match out of Charlotte. Moving on to the main event of night one of WrestleMania, it was the undisputed WWE Tag Team Championships, the champions, the Usos, part of the Bloodline storyline, which bled ev- over, no pun intended, into night two as well. I think they dovetailed those two stories really, really well. Um, the Usos versus Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. I think that, once again, much like we thought, we knew Rhea was going to go over, we had a very strong feeling that Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens were going to go over as well. So I don't think it really surprised anybody that the outcome of that match. I liked the match. Um, I liked the match. I liked the intensity. I love the fact that Sammy got his just dues. Sammy's been in WWE for a long time, and I don't feel like Sammy's ever gotten that position on the card that he really deserved. Um, and I love the fact that they made reference to El Generico. I thought that was really cool as well. Uh, I felt like the match went a little bit longer than I thought it should. A lot of false finishes. Um, I thought as they build up towards the end was really when it was exciting. I liked it. I'm going to give this one probably a B plus. Um, let me go ahead and throw it to uh, to Brandon. You were first on this one. What was your take on the match itself, and ultimately what would you give it scorecard-wise? Yeah, um, it was great. Uh, this would have been the second favorite match of the night. Um, can I tell a really quick Kevin Owens story really, really fast? Absolutely. So – Thanks. Thanks, butt man. Um, KO has a special place in my heart uh, as a wrestler. I used to I used to work in um, a building that did stuff with kids. And uh, every year I would dress up as a different wrestler uh, for Halloween. And the one year, partially because I was broke, <laughs> I wanted something easy for a Halloween costume. So I thought, you know what, I kind of look and resemble like Kevin Owens. Uh, I can get some shorts. And I already had one of his shirts at home. I'll be Kevin Owens. Uh, I couldn't find the KO shorts anywhere. It wasn't on WWE Shop. Couldn't find them. Uh, so I just sent a tweet out uh, and, you know, tagged Kevin Owens in it. And, like, three or four days later, he sent me a direct message um, saying, like, oh, man, are you serious? Like, this is what you want to do? And I was like, yeah, yeah. Uh, so he sent me – he got his dad from Montreal to send me uh, a pair of ring-worn shorts um, that were washed, don't worry, uh, and then a brand-new Kevin Owens T-shirt. So, that, yeah, Kevin Owens will always have a special place in my heart. I will always root for KO. Um, so it was everything I could have asked for. Yes, I do agree, though. It did go a little long. Um, God, if you were counting, there was probably 20, 25-plus super kicks that night uh, from both parties, mostly the Usos. Young Bucks get a bad rap for the super kicks, but I think the Usos might have overtaken that. Um but no, the, the match was everything you wanted, um, and it was the perfect cap off for an excellent WrestleMania. There, it was what everybody wanted to see, so I, I can't be upset about it. I think it was great. 
No, I agree with you. Um, Butster, what's your take on the match itself? I know you're uh, you're a big Kevin Owens guy. You do like uh, Sami Zayn a whole lot as well. I mean, obviously, you're not biased, but I mean, obviously, you're proud of your own countrymen. So what was your thoughts on the match? Do you feel like the match lived up to all the buildup and all the hype? I think it definitely lived up to it. Um Begrudgingly, I'll agree with you guys again. It was a little bit long. No, they, they could have nipped that off maybe five minutes shorter, really. And still had a damn good match. Uh, I enjoyed it. Much like you guys said, the super kicks started to get to be a little bit much. Oh, my God. It was all the you, time. You kind of, unfortunately, right now, is what you expect out of Usos. It's just a lot of super kicks. Right? KO throws a fair number, too, but the Usos seem to throw a shitload of them. Right, but I enjoyed the match. Uh, to me, it was I would go like an A minus. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. The payoff to me was great. I think it was the match of Mania of uh, between both nights. To me, it was my favorite match. Wow, that's I, cool. I enjoyed it that much. Straight up, I'd watch that again tonight. There was there was nothing I could find. Very few flaws, and the flaws that you do find are you're stretching to say. The match was too long. It was too long, but it's not like it was ridiculously too long to where you were bored and didn't enjoy it. Sure, just, they could have, they could have nipped it a little bit shorter. That's all. I enjoyed. Yeah. It. I agree with you on that one. Um, let's go ahead overall for night one as far as uh, A, B, C, D, or F. I definitely am going to give night one. I'm going to give it a B plus. Um, Brandon, what is your take on this one? What's your final score for night one? Uh, it was an A plus. I mean, to me, night one was the perfect. Yes, there were some letdowns. Like we we talked about the 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 six woman tag, but we know about like we know every card is going to have somewhat of a letdown match. You need it. Yes, we had our boy Pat McAfee there. It was great. Um. No, but to me it was the, it was the perfect length. Uh, you got the fairy tale happy ending at the end. You had some excellent matches along the way. I don't foresee a pay per view top to bottom beating it this year out of any company. Um, but no, A plus for sure. What was your um, what was your take, Bud? I mean, what do you give it as far as night one? I'd say I'd give it a solid A. Overall, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's one of the better pay per views. We got some technical difficulties in the household of the ass man. Um, are you still there, but I am here. You're okay, Brandon's here. He's speaking, but we his face isn't moving. Okay. All right, we're gonna we're gonna come back to the ass man uh in, in a few moments here. Let's go ahead and let's jump on to night two. Uh the match originally Liv Morgan, Raquel Rodriguez, and Natalia Shotzi. Ronda, Shayna, uh, Chelsea Green, Sonya Deville. It was also known as the women's showcase match. So if you remember night one, there was a men's showcase match. Obviously, there is night two. There's going to be a showcase match as well. I really feel like Natalia did very well in this match, and I think she really held her own and showed how much of a star she is. I know the butt's a big fan of Natty. Um the more I watch of her, the more I realize how important she is to that company. Um, the match itself, we'll start with Brandon because the butt seems to be, I don't know what the hell's going on here. What was your, would you take on the right female here. showcase match? 
this was kind of the one where I kind of wish I had to go to the bathroom. Um, <laughs> the, this this match was the worst of the weekend. Um, <sighs> Natalia's great. Uh, I know the Buttman loves Natalia. Uh, Natalia is my girlfriend's least favorite wrestler. She cringes anytime she sees her. Um, so that the running joke is I'm going to get her some cat ears for her birthday or something. Uh, but no, she she hates Natalia. Um, no, the, the match, Liv Morgan deserves better. Raquel deserves better. Um, I think Shotzi sucks. <laughs> um, I think Shotzi might be the worst wrestler, male or female, on the main roster. Um, I've never seen somebody in a professional setting be that sloppy. Um, but no, I, clearly the match didn't go as planned. Rousey doesn't care about WWE anymore. Um, she's also injured. Shayna appears to be injured. She had her, her boot off at the end of the match. Um, they did nothing all match except get the win. So, no, this is the one where I wish I had to go to the bathroom. This, yeah, waste of time. Uh, Butster, uh, if you're still there, you still there? I'm right here. Okay. I'm just checking. I haven't gone sure nowhere. What's your take on this match? And uh, make sure you have a bib rag before you start talking about it because I know there's going to be a lot of drooling. Uh, the match wasn't great. Uh, yeah, Shotzi's bad. I, I, bad, bad. No, I mean, not bad yeah. as in like she, good and cool like the '80s. We're talking. You're just you no, know, like the like the drizzling shits bad. Oh my god! Now we're oh, she's, she's we're going bad. into the drizzlings. Okay. Yeah, it's 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 not good. Um. Yeah, Ronda doesn't give a damn. We we all know that Ronda's never really given a damn. But these days she just doesn't seem to care about anything. Um yeah, the match wasn't good. Uh there you can't make a positive spin on that match. Like yeah, Natty was in it, and we all know I think Natty is amazing. But that match sucked ass. It was just bad. Good God. Yeah, it just wasn't good. Oh, well, shit. It was terrible. It was bad. No, okay. It's fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. I was about to stop you and say, well, tell me how you really feel about it. it um, yeah. So I, I, I think we, we all in kind of agreement with this could have been better in a lot of ways and it could have been cut down as far as the participants. Could have not been happened. More competitive. That would have been a better option at all. Well, Let's move on to another match that uh, I thought was interesting because in some ways it surprised me, but then in some ways it didn't. Let's talk about Brock Lesnar versus Omos. Um, we're going to go to the Butster first. So, But you saw the match. He's a monster, like legitimately. He's massive. I don't know what his height is, like 714 or something like that. I'm not really sure. Um, but he's just, he's massive. He's strong. And I've seen some interviews with him and really good dude, really likable guy is, is almost. So what was your personal take aside? What was your take on the match itself? I didn't care. Didn't do much for me. That was my bathroom break match. Gotcha. Like, I'm going to get another drink. I don't want to watch this. Uh, I'm I'm surprised the outcome though. Really, yeah. I I didn't see. 
I didn't see it ending like that. Right? That was a bit of a surprise to me, but the match was what we expected. I don't think anybody was expecting a clinic. You knew what you were going to get out of it. Yes. It was going to be, you know, it's going to be almost as limited. He's, yeah, he's got a great look, big, tall dude, you know, strong as a bull. But he's a very limited skill set. He's, he's he's fairly green. He hasn't been doing it for very long. But then when you're that tall, things are generally going to look a little bit messier just because of the distance. Right. Right. So I I didn't it didn't do much for me. Really. I I could take it or leave it. I'd give it a C just because I'm feeling pleasant tonight. You're feeling pleasant? I am. You you're you're kind of uh, channeling your your inner former panel member right now. We'll uh we'll 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 let that be for right now. We'll come back yeah. to that. Brandon, what was what was your take um on this match and, and what's your thoughts on Omos? Yeah, um what's the most replayed video clip in WrestleMania history? It's Hulk Hogan slamming Andre, right? Absolutely. You watch you know, I watched that match leading up to WrestleMania. You watch the match. It's one of the worst matches in WrestleMania history. But the spectacle of Hogan picking up Andre and slamming him was what it was. Brock and Omos, that was the point. At no point did I think Omos was going to win. The point of the match was they want a new clip that they will show every year at WrestleMania. And it's Brock Lesnar picking up a seven-foot-something man that weighs over 400 pounds over his shoulders and spinning him around in an F5. That's all it was there for. Um, I know people were upset because there was a rumor of Brock and Gunther uh, at WrestleMania that didn't happen. I think this was the better call only because I think Brock needed a win, and I would rather Brock beat Omos than beat Gunther. Uh, so it did its job. It, it wasn't a good match, but it did what it needed to do. So it's, it's a C because um, it passed. It did what it had to do. As for Omos, um, he's there. Uh, WWE is always going to rely on a giant. And I think every wrestling company should have a giant um, just to have somebody to match up with. Um, No, he's not good. His best role was as AJ's bodyguard. um, And that's what it's going to be. But if Vince's total creative control, get used to it because he might get a great Kali world title run or somewhere in there, but he does his job and that's all you can really ask for. So I I actually thought, Almost look better than what I thought. And I think with some more time and some more seasoning, I think he could be on the same level, if not better than Big Show was in his prime. Wow. Yeah. I don't know about that one, but. <laughs> hey, Mike, I thought you didn't drink. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Thank you so much. That's my opinion. Um, wow. Let's go ahead and let's let's move on to our next one which was a very highly anticipated match uh, for the simple fact that many people know that Edge is on his retirement tour and that some people are speculating when that's actually going to end. Now, when he had the mixed tag match with his wife, Beth Phoenix, against Judgment Day, there was a lot of speculation on, is it really going to be a year or might I extend it? And and Edge basically said, well, we're not really quite sure yet. We're just living in the moment. Um, Edge versus Finn Balor in a hell in a cell. Uh, Brandon, we're going to start off with you on this one. I thought it was interesting. Hell in a Cell at WrestleMania. Um, it was. It looked a little different than the typical Hell in a Cell. It looked like they went back to their original one. They may have mentioned that, but um, 
Hell in a Cell is a very interesting type of match. And I think it depends on who the competitors are in the match. What was your take on Finn Balor and Edge? And uh, where does this fall, in your opinion, as far as all greats or all-time just snoozers when it comes to Hells in the Cells? Uh, it was a good match. Um, Hell in a Cells need blood. Um, unfortunately for Balor, he got split open the hard way. And I, I, I see the picture. It was gnarly. It was gross. Um, so obviously the, the med medical team taking a look at him kind of derailed the match a little bit. I think the match was probably cut short. Um, I don't necessarily think they stopped the match due to the cut. I think it was more of, Oh my God, like, is he concussed? Is he going to be able to do something? Yes. Wrong winner. And I think that's the, the highlight of WrestleMania night two is the wrong winner. Um, I love edge. I think edge is great. Uh, I got to see him live twice in this calendar year. Um, he doesn't need to beat Finn Balor at WrestleMania. And when you look at it outside of Roman Reigns, how many feuds has Edge lost since coming back? Uh, mm-hmm. and, that's, and that's the problem. Um, the demon character's done. Uh, you killed it against Roman. You had a chance here. Um, but then again, is it did they change the finish of the match? Because actually banged up. I guess that's the way you can kind of look at it. But overall, it was a fine match. It would have been better if he didn't get hurt. Um, it's not going to be super memorable. It's not going to be, you know, your your Mick and Undertaker or your Sean and Undertaker or anything like that. It's going to be like your, oh, WWE's got three Hell in a Cell matches on this pay-per-view. It's going to be just that random Hell in a Cell that it might be better than. But solid, solid C+. Plus. Uh, probably would have been a B if Finn, Finn had won. Edge winning kind of took the, the window of the sales, but both entrances were fantastic. I agree on that one. Butster, what's your take on Hell in a Cell with, with, all, with everything that was going on that night? What was your take? Oh, it, was, it was a good match. Uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, Edge with the brood jacket, I thought was amazing. I, really, I popped for that. Uh, yeah, that, that was pretty vicious how he got hurt, Wade. Landed to the head, they put the staples in right in the ring. That was a pretty big... Uh, that's a special kind of tough there, right? I, I enjoyed it. Uh, it. It wasn't an all-time classic Hell in a Cell. No, I don't think so. Uh, I'd go a little better than Brandon. I not a lot though. I'll, I'd go like a B minus. I enjoyed it. Uh, some stuff was odd, like the random color of the chairs and stuff. I don't. There was just something about that bothered me for some reason. I don't know. I got issues. Uh, don't even start, Brandon. I seen that look. Don't. Nah, I'll keep it. I'll keep it PG. Right, but uh, it, it was good. It was, I'd say a B minus. I enjoyed it. I would have rather see uh, uh, Balor win. Right, like you said, Edge doesn't need it. Edge is just like he's on his retirement tour. He's put and he's putting on great matches. Like he's not like he's stinking the joint up. He still can wrestle. They would just would have been further ahead with Tim Ballard getting the win. But yeah. B minus for me. Enjoyable, but nothing fantastic. I expected I'm, better, honestly. I'm gonna go kind of split in the middle here. I'm gonna give it an even C. Um, just average. Nothing like you said before, nothing great, nothing terrible. The conclusion, yeah, a little head scratching, especially when one guy's headed out. 
one guy is supposed to be a big part of your company, especially moving into the future as well. So it kind of, you know, leaves a little bit to be desired with that outcome. But I give it a C once again, not horrible, but yet not necessarily the best. Um, speaking of something that arguably could be considered one of the best matches, at least in my opinion, was the Intercontinental Championship match between Gunther, Sheamus, and Drew McIntyre. I personally felt like this was a great three-way match, um, triangle match, whatever you want to refer to it as. I liked it a lot. Uh, Butster, I'm going to start with you on this one. What was your take on this one? I mean, you got some really interesting things here. They're all really big, strong, tough, brute type of guys, right? They're just going to open palm slap you. You know, it's going to be a lot of forearm shivers, a lot of overhand clubbing. It's just going to be a real rough, tough, knock them drag out type of fight here. Um, you know, Jim Ross may call this bowling shoe ugly at times, but it's one of those matches that, man, I tell you what, you better strap it in if you're going to get in the ring with these two guys. What was your take on this match? It was good. They beat seven shades of shit out of each other. Indeed. It was excellent. I enjoyed watching that. I'm not a big Gunther fan. You know that. I'm, Yeah, Brandon, shake your head. But you know I'm not a big, well, Walter family used to be talking about it. I like I, I still Walter. don't get it. I, I'm sorry, but that was a very enjoyable match. They beat the terror out of each other. You know, definitely was not a technical clinic match, but they pounded on each other. It was very enjoyable. They're all going to be black and blue. You know, I enjoyed watching it. Gunther gets to win. We've seen that coming a mile away. Uh, I'd, I'd say a B, just because it was so vicious, them just beating on one another. To me, it was nothing glorious. But it, Well, Bobby Roode wasn't there. Well, then it'd be glorious for sure. Greatest entrance in wrestling right now. Greatest theme music. But that's a different conversation. Let's go over to Brandon. Brandon, your take on this one here. I mean, there was a lot of, uh, I mean, there's a lot of pummeling going on in that match, and there was a lot of sweat, and they were definitely putting their hearts and souls into this one. Um, is Gunther the best wrestler in WWE? I think so. I think uh, he's still good. I do. I really think he's. I, I, I think he can have a match with anybody. And my favorite thing about Gunther and uh, you're you're better suited for AEW, uh, and this isn't a knock on AEW at all. So don't don't get worried. Is there a wrestler in AEW that finishes a match differently based on their opponent? Like I know uh, Brian Danielson has you know different submissions and then the running knee, and he might switch it up. But Gunther, what's his finishing move? You know, there's the power bomb. He he has tended to go towards the power bomb lately, but he's got the power bomb. Uh, he's got the splash from the top. He's got the choke. Um, in NXT, he was just doing a clothesline, just a chop. Like he evolves based on who he's wrestling. Um, depending on the day, it's either this match or Charlotte Rhea for match of the weekend. Um, I think it was perfect. Um, there was a lot of hope. Like I would have been happy with any of the three winning. Um, because then if Drew had won, then you could build off of Sheamus feels betrayed because Drew took the title he wanted if Sheamus won, you got the field goal, feel good moment. And if Gunther wins, which he did, he just continues his streak of dominance. Um, I don't think you can knock this match at all. Um, I think I saw WWE posted a stat today. There was like 46 uh, slaps or or uh, on the chest there between the three of them. Um, 
and they all ate a bunch of them. So I nothing negative to say about that. I'm going to give this match an A. I really liked it. Uh, Butster, what would you give it again on a grade? B. Somebody's got... Look, am I dumb? Yes. What a, shut up. You want to answer Be that nice. But what am I not getting with Gunther? Like, I'm I just not getting it. He's just... He's he's brute force, so he definitely has that, that Brody... Um, feel to him as far as physical persona but he's technical and he just has that he's a foreigner which throw that in there as well um i don't know if that really the audience looks at it that way like we used to look at it with like the bolsheviks or with like the iron sheik and whatnot but i feel like he's looked at as man this guy can do a lot of stuff he's big but yet he can he can be a high flyer he's big but yet he can be technical He's big and he can do big man stuff, but he does it so well and so smoothly. And like Brandon was saying, he really alters his matches based upon who he's in the ring with. So a match with Ricochet is going to look so much different than a match with Seth Rollins or with a Brock Lesnar, let's say. So I think that that's what makes him so interesting is because you don't know what product you're going to get from him, but you know the product, whatever it may be, is going to be really good. And can I just really quickly add like, Sure. Good on him for taking, like, let's be honest, in NXT, Gunther was not in the best shape. I I think when he wasn't as fit as he was now, he's he was kind of more intimidating. I agree. Um, but the fact, you know, we, we heard when Keith Lee left WWE, there's a lot of, you know, Vince wanted him to look a different way. And maybe Keith and all the power to him felt like he didn't need to do that. Um Gunther was probably told the same thing. Hey, we want you to slim down, look a little bit better for the camera. And he listened to it and he looks phenomenal. He didn't cry or whine publicly about changing the name. At first I hated the name of the, the change of the name, Walter to Gunther, but um, the ring announcer there, Samantha, I think she makes Gunther sound so good uh, being announced out. Um, I I just, all the props to him. I, I hope He's a future world champion, but no, I'm with you on that one. I agree hundred percent. I feel like this was such a great match and I don't think you could have gone wrong really in any direction because when you got three pros in there and like, like Brandon was saying, you can go in three different directions and you're not going into a corner. Like it definitely, you see avenues opening for each one of these um, options. I think that was really, really cool. Uh, let me see here. Where am I? Um, okay, here we go. Let's talk about a match that I think a lot of people were excited about. At least I was excited about it because I'm a big Oscar fan. And I think that she changed her look and, and she kind of repackaged herself or WWE repackaged her. She came back with a little bit more fiery intensity, which I thought was great as well. The Kabuki warriors type of feel. Now, we see her stepping in the ring against Bianca Belair, who let's be honest, Bianca Belair really is the face. She is young. She's fresh. She's attractive. She's very good at what she does in the ring. She basically has so many of these boxes checked off. Right. So I feel like it was going to be a really good clash of different styles, but I never really at any point in time felt like they were going to take the belt off Bianca because I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And when somebody is hot, you don't throw water on them. Um, and I think this was good to get Oscar in there. I give this match a, uh, a solid B plus 
Some people may disagree. We'll start off with Brandon on this one. Brandon, what was your what your thoughts on this, especially with as hot as Bianca is? Did you feel like that was a good matching uh, between her and Asuka? And how do you think it really translated to the crowd? Uh, I think this was my letdown match of the, the weekend. Um, Bianca's, she's kind of getting into the Super Cena-esque era. Uh, she destroyed damage control. Uh, there was never any point in that feud that I ever feel that Bailey had a chance. And now we're quickly starting to see that Asuka should have won. And the only reason I think she should have won is what does Bianca do now? Um, she's ran through the Raw division. Um, there's nobody in NXT to be called up that I think, hey, they could give Bianca a run. The only person in theory that could beat Bianca right now is somebody that we don't want to see do it, and that's Charlotte. Um, I think you could have played into Asuka using the miss, miss, which they did, and Bianca foiled it, but using the miss, getting a cheap win, and Bianca, you know, maybe gets sent over to SmackDown in a draft or something there. It, it, the match was fine. Um, once I saw the missed miss, I was pretty upset because we all knew where it was going. Um, I was kind of hoping maybe there would be some Muda green mist hidden in there as a second attempt, but it, it was a C. It was a fine match, but again, like Edge and Edge and Finn, the wrong winner. Um, I just, I just worry that Bianca is going to become stale, and uh, that's she needs to turn heel. Put her with Montez, power couple. But there you go. Maybe start to open up a new avenue for her and ex- create more of a character aspect of it, and, and just see where that takes you. Yeah, Butster, what was your take on this one? I know you, uh, I know you like Oscar. Um, what, what's your take on this as far as Oscar not coming away, being the champion? I was hoping Oscar would win. I'm not surprised she didn't though. Um, match was okay. Wasn't great. Wasn't bad. No, a C. No, you kind of got in, in the match for regards to the in ring. You got what you expected. It, it was good. Wasn't going to blow anybody away. Um, maybe a little bit disappointing. Uh, yeah, I would have sooner see Oscar win. That's a not through a storyline aspect or anything. Pure selfishness. Uh, I enjoy watching her wrestle. And I think her with the, the repackage, a little bit of a chip on her shoulder, a little more aggressive. I enjoy that. That's about it. It wasn't nothing, wasn't really anything spectacular. Fair enough. We definitely have, we definitely have some matches that we agree upon. We have some matches that were, you know, we're, we're kind of far apart on, but see, that's the beauty of discussing these things. Love to hear what your thoughts are. Hit us up on social media if you want to hit me or hit me with a DM. I am at Mike, M-I-K-E-F-R-E-L-A-N-D. Buster, what's your uh, Twitter handle? At Gotnoof2291, at G-O-T-N-E-W-F-2291. Brandon, what are your call letters? Holy moly, that's a lot of letters there, Noof. Uh, <laughs> mine is, uh, God, I don't really use Twitter much, but uh, Instagram, just bbrownx23. Um, you can find my boring life on there. But <laughs> Yeah, so if you guys definitely want to hit us up and let you know, let, let us know what your thoughts are on some of these matches and what our takes are. Love to hear what you have to say. Um, I am going to now go into what the main event of WrestleMania Night 2 was. Um, I... <sighs> 
I'm going to go last on this one. Um, just because of my, my own personal feelings regarding the whole situation. Um, I think it's good if I, uh, if I remove myself. So we'll first start off with, uh, with the, butt. Roman Reigns, Cody Rhodes, definitely Cody's over right now, but Roman is very, very dominant and he's entrenched right now is, is probably one of the greatest heel runs we've ever seen in WWE, at least in, in recent memory and especially an iconic run being a champion and being so dominant too, which correlates to really good ratings as well. What was your thoughts on this match? What were your thoughts on the outcome? And were you happy with it? Match was good. Outcome sucked. And no, I wasn't happy. Um, I don't understand the creative aspect. Like you bring Cody back, you're pushing him. You know, he's finally got his chance to to win the title. He's going to win it at WrestleMania, like everybody expected. Mm-hmm. And then you take all his momentum away. I think it was nonsense. I didn't like that part. I, to be honest with you, I think that got fucked up. Like, they, the ball got dropped on that. They they could have went with Cody winning a title. It opens up so many more so many more avenues than Roman still as your champion. I just think that sucks. Plain and simple. I was very disappointed in it. I just don't know where you're going to go with Cody from here or where you're going to go with Roman. How do you progress both of their characters? What storylines do you go with now? I just I just don't think that was the right outcome. The match itself, I enjoyed. There was nothing wrong with that match. Right. Right. The outcome just sucked ass. Uh, I mean, I'd give it a B. I, I enjoyed the match. Can Let me ask you this, bud. Let me ask you. Are you able to separate or compartmentalize the match itself versus or in conjunction with the the finish no meaning can you say the match was great the match was an a the finish was this or the outcome was this or do you kind of lump it all into one kind of general consensus they all had to be lumped in together because you no know, it's all one part of the whole package Right. No, if Cody had won, to me, that match would have been an A. It's just you, you can't separate the two of them because they they both play off one another. They're connected, so it's that's just not how it works. You can't. I can't. Sorry, I shouldn't say you can't. Me personally, I can't separate the two. It's all or nothing with me. I'm very black and white. Uh, let's go over to Brandon. Brandon, your take on this. I mean, this is a very polarizing decision when it comes to WWE fans. Now, I know from the AEW side, uh, we, if I can use that term, uh, have a very different perspective on this whole thing. But what, what's your perspective as far as, A, how the match went? Um, what would you give the match as far as a grading system? And are you happy or are you disappointed with the outcome? All right. Uh, Roman Reigns is the best uh, person at kicking out at 2.9 uh, at the mastercraft at it. Um, initially, much like uh, the butt man over here, I was really, really annoyed, pretty pissed off about the end. Uh, I slept on it and I'm actually okay with it. Um, 
WWE's in this spot where, you know, I didn't grow up in the 80s, but I know all about Hogan's, you know, multi-year run. Uh, they had CM Punk hit over a year. They had AJ Styles hit over a year. We're now pretty close to three for Roman. He's super close to a thousand days. It's hard to take away from that. Um, the problem is, is Cody is probably the guy to take the title. I do think Cody wins. I think Cody wins at SummerSlam. Um, I just, it's going to be hard to have Cody have the momentum he had at Mania all the way at SummerSlam. Um, I think that's the problem they run into. I'm okay with Roman winning. I just don't think there's going to be that momentum that should be there. Uh, Just think back. Imagine if Triple H had beat Batista at WrestleMania, but Batista got the win back three months later. It'd still be great for Batista, but you lost that moment. Um, I think that's the issue they're going to run into. Um, I've kind of like fantasy booked in my mind about how they get there. I think tomorrow's AEW determining what happens with FTR. If they didn't resign, I think they play into Cody eventually winning the title. If they come over to WWE um, with Randy Orton, I think I've, I've thought about it, but no, I, uh, right decision, not the right place for it. I think it ultimately comes down to Cody didn't struggle. Obviously he had the pec injury, but storyline purposes, he never struggled. He came back from the injury. He was number 30. Uh, he wrestled and eliminated uh, a Gunther that had been in the ring for over an hour. Um, the, the bloodline never laid him out. Yeah. He had the match with solo, but he was never laid out. Um, Roman did get the better of him on the mic here and there, but there was never any moment where I was like, oh, Cody's in danger. Um, I also hate undefeated streaks, so that the fact that Cody hadn't lost up to this point, um, I didn't want his first loss to be when he eventually loses the title. Um, yeah, I, I see why people are upset about it, and initially, yeah, I was, I was pretty pissed off, but after thinking about it, I think it's probably the best call. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> There's a lot of speculation online in depending on who you listen to and who you talk to and, and whatnot about um, Cody, is he really going to be the guy? Is he the guy? And I think, feel like that's a big discussion. That's a big water cooler conversation thing. And I think, you know, a lot of people would initially say, yeah, he is. I mean, why would you bring him back? Why would you give him a push? Why would you give him a huge contract? Why would you do all of these things unless you really – factored into him being your guy going forward, at least for the the foreseeable future, you know, as far as the next year or two. But then you start thinking about, is he really the guy? Like, it's one thing to say, man, I really want that other job. I really want, I'm not really happy with the job I got, but I, I want that other job. But do you give up a known for an unknown? And that's a big thing. And I know that might sound a little silly to say that. You have Roman in place right now. He is dominant. The wheels are not falling off right now. It's not like ratings are slipping with him being the champion. Right now, things are going really well. As far as Cody is concerned, you can hold off on Cody. Cody doesn't have to be the guy right now. And there's also, from what I'm reading, there's internal conversations about whether Cody would actually be the guy. Can he be the guy to be the flag bearer of WWE? And... I personally don't know if he is the guy. I really don't. I mean, I know that that might go counterintuitive from everything else that I've said or other people think, 
But when it comes to Cody Rhodes, I feel like a big thing was they snatched him away from AEW because, oh, he was one of the centerpieces to their their big elite group that they had. So look what we did. And we're going to take him and we're going to do with him what they couldn't do with him. But I think when the rubber hits the asphalt, I just don't know if Cody has the staying power. And I don't know if it's going to, he's going to have the same thing that happened with him earlier on in his career. He'll get this little spurt and it'll go well, but then it'll start to slowly kind of die off and die off. He had some momentum before the injury with the Seth Rollins thing. And then he was shelved for like 10 months, right? So he lost that. Then he comes back, and like you said before, he has this buildup to Roman Reigns. He loses, and now all of a sudden we, we feel like it's kind of on the downside. Where does he pick that back up again? Are they going to be able to say, okay, this is what happens? And I don't watch Star Wars, but somebody made a comment about the Jedi or something like that. I have no reference of, of it. You guys Star Wars people? No. <laughs> really? I have no idea. I know Butt has Star Wars uh, bed sheets and uh, comforters. That's I don't true. Know if you wanted me to, to out you on that one, but I, I personally, to be honest with you, I don't know if he's the guy. I don't know. I can't. I can't say definitively. I would put my stock in this guy being my next flag bearer. How do you know if he's going to be the guy if you don't give him a chance? I don't feel like what he brings to the table as far as I don't know. It's just a gut feeling. I just don't feel like he's the guy. So who's the guy? Who's going to take the belt from Roman? I think we don't have him yet. Um, I don't think we have a, a specific person in place yet. So is Roman going to be like Bruno San Martino? Hold, hold the title for 87 years? I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, Brandon, what's your take? Let's say it's not Cody. Who do you foresee being, okay, well, if it's not him, let's go down the old Rolodex. Who could it be? Oh, well, it's going to be Cody. It's, it's going to be Cody. Um, I'm just curious if you're you're blinded by the fact that he left AEW. Um, and that's, there's nothing that Cody has done since coming back to WWE that has made me think he's not the guy. Um, his, yes, his promos can be a little long-winded sometimes. AEW fans know that. What do you want to talk about? It's getting a little old. Uh, he cries a lot. <laughs> um, but the interaction he has with the fans is huge. Uh, he dresses like he's there to impress. I think he's a guy that you can feel like the Miz where you can just send him out to media stuff. And he is mm-hmm. going to handle that extremely well in AEW. He was your main media guy. Um, Cause we know Tony can't con can't have a mic in front of him. Um, <laughs> he was your main guy. Uh, if to play into your, to your argument, uh, if Cody is not the guy in a picture perfect world, it's, Seth Rollins or Jey Uso, uh, but you're never putting a belt on Jey Uso at that level. Uh, I don't think it's Braun Breaker. Uh, I, I wouldn't do that. Um, so I don't know. Um, I think it maybe I don't know because I'm fully convinced that Cody, I think Cody's winning the belt at SummerSlam. Uh, SummerSlam was where Roman Reigns won the title uh, three years ago. I think that's where he loses the title. Um and then I think you do a war games match between the bloodline and Cody and friends, which I think hopefully will be FTR and Randy Orton. Uh, or if it's not FTR, it's KO and Sammy. And then that's where you see the bloodline crack. Maybe Jay accidentally super kicks Roman and that leads to the finish. And then the bloodline storyline wraps up by, by that point. But 
I think I think Cody's the guy. I think Cody takes the belt. Interesting, interesting. Once again, you have our Twitter and Instagrams. Go ahead and let us know what's your thoughts on all of this. Do you like or agree with what you're saying? Or do you have your own uh, booking philosophies and what should happen and what shouldn't happen? Uh, love to know what your thoughts are on all that. Hit us up on social medias and we can talk more about this. Um, we've gone, we've gone a long time here. Uh, this has been a lot of fun so far. Anything else from the weekend that is interesting that kind of made you scratch your head? I know the, the Rick Steiner situation was very interesting. Um, I'd like to know a little bit more about what the hell is going on. Um, I'm not saying it changes my opinion. I'm just saying I'm, I would like to know like what exactly was going on. There was a lot of, um, there was a story that said that there were other stars that were there. And I'm just kind of curious of who else was sitting around and, and what all happened. Um, that's definitely a, a black eye uh, on wrestling. And definitely that was just dumb. It's plain uh, simple, it, stupid. It's a hard okay, if thing. You, if you don't agree with something, that's fine. Keep your mouth shut. No, I mean, I agree. I, I just think it's really, wow. Don't be a scumbag. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it ruins his reputation. Um, I don't know why people are so fixated on what other people decide they want to be or who they want to be. As long as it's not negatively, like, harming somebody else, eh, who cares what they do with their life? Um, obviously, wherever Steiner was, he felt comfortable. It was a, an old boys club, as you will, where nobody was going to step up. Uh, Giselle Shaw did not deserve it. Uh, whether there's a listener listening to this podcast who doesn't agree with Giselle Shaw's lifestyle, um, which they're wrong, but whatever. Um, you still need to know that there's public public decency and you can think those things and you can go home and complain to your wife or your 17 kids about it, but you don't need to do it out in public and make somebody feel unsafe or unwelcome just because you don't like the fact of the choices that they've made in their life. I hope he is never shown on TV again. Uh, which sucks for Braun Breaker because that relationship was great to have. Uh, Rick Steiner had shown up a couple times in NXT. You may have got Scott there at some point. Um, yeah, it sucks for the people around him, but he deserves losing out on everything. I ruined his reputation. I used used to love him. I love the Steiner brothers, but nah, just Scott, I guess. And Scott's a little interesting as well. I mean, trust me, he definitely is. Uh... Oh, for sure, yeah. He leaves a lot to be desired. All right, really fun. Let's do something really quick before we wrap things up. It's going to be you two. I'm going to do it with the with the friends. I'm just going to be the moderator here. We're I'm going to throw out the I'm going to throw out the match. You tell me. Think about it. How long you think the match lasted? Right. All right, because I have all the information in front of me. First one's going to be Austin Theory versus John Cena. I want to know how long you think that match was. I'm going to give you a couple seconds to think about that. Why I tell you. If you enjoy this podcast, remember, we are available anywhere fine podcasts are made available. You can catch our podcast over on MLWRadio.com, which they've got a lot of great shows on the MLW Radio Network. We have been a staple for quite a long time, and we continue to crank out what I believe is some really good content each and every week. Remember, our podcast is free. You don't have to pay anything for it. And if you know a wrestling fan who enjoys conversation and just banter back and forth amongst friends, go ahead and hit them up on social media and let them know where they can find us. We are available, once again, 
anywhere podcasts are available. All right, we're going to go over to the butt first here. Butster, John Cena, Austin Theory. How long do you think that match was? You get one answer. 14 minutes. 14 minutes. We're going to go over to brand new. How long do you think it lasted? 1234. Wow. 11.20. Brandon wins. Yeah. One to nothing. Okay, Brandon, I'm going to let you keep score on this because I have uh, I have a hard time doing math. I mean, to count that high. Yeah. <laughs> well, Just so you know, Freeland's a teacher. Uh, well, but he, but he can't count. Does he, does he do math? Whoa, 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 whoa. We Jim's are in a new segment. We're not bringing my personal life into this. <laughs> All right, let's go to the next one. The Street Pop Profits, um, Braun Strowman, Ricochet, Alpha Academy, the Viking Raiders. Um, what do you think? It's called the Men's WrestleMania Showcase Fatal Four-Way Tag Team Match because Brandon won the first round. He gets to go first this one. What do you think it lasted? Uh, 9-13. What do you think, bud? 9-14. <laughs> you think the price is right. 8.30 is the correct, so that means Brandon is 2-0. and uh, Seth freaking Rollins and Logan Paul will go ahead once again. We'll go with Brandon. What's your uh, what's your take on this one? Uh, 17.48. 17.48, Buster? 15.30. It's 16.15, but wins this one. I'll give it to him. Uh, let's see here. Am I am I doing the over under correct? I think so. I think so. Okay. Uh, Trish Stratus and Lita and Becky Lynch, Damage Control, uh, women's six women tag team. But you won that last one. What do you think the length of this one was? Ten twenty. Brandon, what do you got? Uh, too long. Uh, twelve fourteen. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon wins. It was fourteen minutes and forty seconds. Oh. Uh, let's go to Ray Mysterio versus Dominic Mysterio. So Brandon is winning. What, what's the score? Three, one or four, one, three, one, three, one. All right. Ray Mysterio and Dominic singles match. Brandon, what's your take on the time? Uh, 21, 35, 21, 35. Wow. Okay. Butster, what's your take? And that's not like a, a clue or anything, but. Oh, not that long. Um, 1730. But wins. It was fourteen fifty-five. I, I felt bad. Had to throw him a bone. Uh, <laughs> yeah, let's, let's go. Uh, okay, so keeping the score, uh, but wins that one. So now we're gonna start off with but here. Rhea Ripley and Charlotte. Fifteen forty. Fifteen forty. Uh, what do we got here, Brandon? Uh, Twenty thirty-two. 2335 Brandon wins that wow. one. Um I could throw this one out here. Do you should we go with this one Pat McAfee uh versus the Miz? Should we throw that or do we get move on? Oh, we got to go for it. Okay, let's go for it. So you won you won the last one. So Pat McAfee and the Miz, what do you what do you go? And this is just bell to bell, right? Correct. Uh 324. Butster. 245. 340. Nice. Brandon wins that one. Uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn versus the Usos. We'll go with Brandon again on this one. What do you think that one clocked in at? 28-15. 28-15. What's yours, but? 
Brock Lesnar and Omos. Go with Brandon first on this one. What do you think it was? 8-11. 8-11. Butster, your thoughts? 7-25. Butster wins this one. It was 4-55. Oh, wow. Yeah. Ronda, Shayna Baszler. Eight minutes too long. <laughs> Ronda, Shayna Baszler, uh, Liv Morgan, Raquel, yada, yada, yada. Women's showcase match. Butster, you won that last round. What do you think this one clocked in at? 15 minutes. 15 minutes. Okay. What do we think, Brandon? Uh, play it safe. An even 10. 825. Brandon wins this oh. round. Uh, Gunther, Sheamus, Drew McIntyre, triple threat for the Intercontinental title. Brandon, you won last round. What you say on this one? 23, 23 on the dot. 23 on the nose. Butster? 21-30. Butster wins this one. It was 16-40. Wow. Bianca Belair and Asuka. Butster, you won that one. So what do you think it clocked in at? 14-40. 14-40. Brandon? I'll take the under. Uh, 13-39. 16-05. We're going with the butt on that one. Butster, uh, here we go. Here we go again. Uh, you won that one. Snoop Dogg defeats the Miz via pinfall. A minute and nine seconds. Minute nine. What do you give it, Brandon? Minute twenty. Two twenty. So Brandon wins that one. Uh, Edge in Finn Balor. Hell in a cell. We're gonna go to Brandon, who won last round. Eighteen thirty-two. Butster? 17. It would be, so the time was 1810, so that would be the butt, correct? Yeah, he gets that one. He gets that one. And finally, finally right here, Roman Reigns with Paul Heyman in Solo Sikoa defeats Cody Rhodes by pinfall. What do we think the time on this match was? Butster. By the way, what's the score right now, uh, Brandon? Oh, you know what? I forgot, but I know I was up by a lot. So, <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm winning by now. I think Butts only won like one. So won, I think he's won four, and I think I've won every other match. So I was gonna say, and you gave him a couple of those too. So I did like, throw him a bone on at least one of those. So yeah, <laughs> let's let's go with this one. So uh, whoever's turn, it doesn't really matter at this point. Who's who wants to go first? I'll take a crack at it. Uh, 29.55. 29.55. Butster. 30.07. But wins it 34.35. So I win. Sure, you can have it. Whatever you want, the trophy and the and the cash prize is headed your way. Guys, this has been so much fun. We have enjoyed it. We hope you've enjoyed our WrestleMania 39 recap show brought to you by the Brought to you by Front Row, Front Row Material on the MLW Network because Freeland doesn't know how to use a microphone like every week. So, Brandon, did you have fun? Are you glad you joined us? Yeah, thanks for having me on. I had a great time. Uh, no problem at all. I'm sorry about our host. He's technolog technologically challenged. 
Am I back? Am I officially back? You are back. Now. Yes, you're back. Perfect. That's terrible. Um, let's go ahead and let's throw it to the butt. But where can people find you as far as social media? Uh, where can they get a hold of you? Facebook, the whole nine yards, if they would like to get toys made. Tell them the whole works. Yeah, so Twitter is at gotnoof2291. And Facebook, it's CB79 Wooden Toymaker. Uh, shoot me a message on either one. We can have a conversation. Uh, if you're looking for some toys made, give me a call or send me a message and we can hopefully figure something out for you. Very nice. Let's go to Brandon. Brandon, give everybody the deets for, uh, that's what the kids say. Uh, give them all the details and where people can reach out to you if they'd like to continue this conversation or if they would just like to get to know you more. Um, do you have any social medias? I know you have mentioned before about Instagram. Uh, so the floor is yours. Yeah, I mean, if you want to talk to me, sure. Uh, Instagram is bbrownx23. Uh, uh, that's really the only social media that I, I use. Um, so yeah, find me on Instagram. It's it's a public account. You can creep my photos. It's really not that entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> and you can follow me if you so desire. I'm at Mike, M-I-K-E-F-R-E-L-A-N-D. I am on Twitter as well. Love talking wrestling. Got a lot of DMs over the weekend during WrestleMania. People were hitting me up going, what do you think about this? So having great conversations with everyone. Once again, thank you so much for tuning into the show, listening, all the downloads and all the support. It's always fun engaging with you guys. And once again, it's the audience. It's the lifeblood of the show. If not, it's just... The three of us looking at each other. And uh, I tell you what, me and the butt look at each other a lot. And but, uh, you're not much to look at. Maybe I'm not Brandon. much to look at. I am definitely not. I'm not a looker. Here's the thing. Brandon's bringing the curve up big time on this one. It's like our female demographic is going to go up way really high. I actually think one of you is beautiful. I'm not going to tell you which one it is, but one of you is. Thanks, I'm buddy. Going, I appreciate that. I'm going bed tonight feeling better. <laughs> For one the of you butt. is butt ugly, though. And butt's <laughs> the hint. So... <laughs> for brandon for christopher butt i am mike freel and it's been fun it's been real love talking wrestling we will catch you on the next episode of the front row material brand my name is mike freeland and if you're looking for an exciting wrestling podcast to add to your library then look no further than the front row material brand don't miss it it's the front row material brand brought to you by the mlw radio network the room.